0: Welcome to Running On Purpose, a weekly podcast dedicated to training the body, the mind, and the soul for what the race requires. My name is Steve Sisson, and I will be your host. Welcome back to the Running On Purpose podcast. This is episode number four, the final of a three series uh, episodes talking about self-coaching. Again, I'll repeat, this was initially a longer more, uh, well, longer episode that I just cut up into three different chunks. And this is the third chunk and the fourth episode of the Running on Purpose podcast. Very thankful and grateful that you all have joined us uh, so far, and hopefully you're enjoying the podcast. Look uh, in your the place you get your podcasts for more content each week. I'll be adding more and adding guests, and I'm really excited about where this is going. So, Thanks for joining me and enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'm going to say from the outset, I'm going to be giving you a big picture um, and I'm going to be hitting the basics. Um, At the end of this episode, I'll be going through – a long litany of more advanced level self-coaching concepts that I will be spending a lot of time on in this podcast, hopefully over the months um, and years as we go along to help you be more effective as a self-coached athlete. But initially I just want to get some real big basics down. Okay. These are the things you can do right now and don't take a whole lot of work. Again, simple is not easy necessarily, but I'm going to boil these down to some very simple things that you can immediately and effectively implement right now, um, and help you be a more effective running runner. All right. And h- help you to be a self coached runner. So number one, um, this is a personal, um, this is a drum I've been beating for a long time. It is a area that I think is, uh, just egregiously un recognized in our current society and it has played out in every area of our lives and that is i believe a self-coached athlete takes radical personal responsibility everything starts from this place that you are responsible for your actions I say even beyond that, the radical part of personal responsibility is not only are you responsible for your actions, you're responsible for everything that happens to you. Now, you may not be the direct cause of a thing that happens to you. However, you are responsible for how you deal with the repercussions of that event. And so therefore, everything you do you're responsible for. Everything that happens to you, you're responsible to react to. So therefore, you got to take the victim cloak off and take the actor role on. You are an active participant in everything that happens in your life. And every time you find yourself being passive, you need to recognize you're not taking personal responsibility even sitting and down in front of the television and watching a football game mindlessly watching a mindlessly watching a movie you are actively participating in something maybe rest and recuperation maybe learning something new maybe connecting with a larger social s- scheme i don't want to go into all those specific details what i want to say is in your life taking per- radical personal responsibility is crucial and critical when it comes to your running it is the most important thing you are responsible for everything you do and everything that is done to you so know it because you have to deal with it you have to fix what's broken you have to overcome whatever failure or whatever missed opportunity is out there you do i can't i can't cut it any other way So if you're even going to embark on this process of being self-coached, you have to take responsibility for yourself. Now, that doesn't mean that you take on the the weight of the world. It just means that you are not looking somewhere else for someone else to take responsibility for what happens. You take responsibility for it. If you want to be a self-coached athlete, you have to do that. Personally, I think you are already. You just may be abdicating it. And what I'm asking you to do is to be active in that role. And by being a self-coached athlete, you're really putting on your Superman or Superwoman cape. You really are engaging as a superhero does and saying, I can find a solution to the problems that are happening in my world. If you're in the mindset of doing that, you're going to be so much more effective in each and every training session At your race on race day and in every other aspect of your life, from your relationships to your work to the stresses that you feel, radical personal responsibility is the most important and most essential piece of the puzzle, in my opinion, about self coaching. So, the next thing that you need to do um, is come prepared, okay? You need to come prepared to every workout that you do and every running session that you do, come prepared. What does that mean? Know the workout. And to the best of your ability, know why you're doing it. Even if the why you're doing it is just so I can be a better runner. I listen to my coach and my coach tells me what to do. That's fine. I'll 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 stretch you over the coming months and years to try to get you to think more about what that is. But for now, just know what your session is. All right. I it, Nothing makes me more crazy when my athlete comes to my training session and says, what are we doing today, coach? I'm like, that. that's unacceptable to me. There's no way that I am now actively co-creating with that athlete they immediately shove me up high on high put a whip in my hand and tell me to hit them you know what that's not my game i'm not into whipping people right i'm into challenging stretching pushing pressing prodding extend I'm, i mean i'm into doing all that stuff but i am not i am not going to stand over somebody and crack a whip just to crack a whip i don't get anything out of it i'm not into that shit okay what i want is my athlete to come knowing that they have three times five miles, and that this is what we're working on in that session. And even more effective is when that athlete knows why we're doing that workout. But that's okay if they don't, because I know that they trust me, and they know that I care about what that is, and that that race result will be better because they did the work. Number two, in this idea of coming prepared, know your paces. Okay? Like, shit. You want a result, know what it takes to get the result. Don't don't come without knowing what you need to do. okay? and and another thing that makes me crazy is when I'm on my phone scrambling around to try to find a pace chart for somebody because they didn't come with their with their stuff. Honestly, I stopped doing it now. Now I'm just like, I'm sorry, like you are not a warrior. You are not someone who's self-coaching. And here, therefore, again, I'm having to tell you what to do. Let's co-create. So the next thing you need to do is know what a win is and what a fail is from your training session. So know that when you walk away from a workout, you're able to articulate effectively, or at least reasonably, that that workout was a win or a loss. Did you succeed or did you fail in that session? Now, again, I want to reframe the word fail. I'm not asking you to look at it from that perspective, but did you achieve what your objective was or were you not able to achieve the objective that you were reaching for? Because that's important. When you do that, you're now starting to put a critical piece of the puzzle together. You're saying, wow, this is what it takes to get better and to get fitter and to get stronger and to run the time that I want to run. And today I did it or today I didn't. So we can work out later what to do from there. But critically, if you're able to make that binary, a success or a failure, and be very wary of letting it sit into some muddy, muddy middle ground, okay? Um, there's plenty of time for philosophical reflection, um, but typically it's not in the context of battle. So philosophy should happen before and battling should happen in the moment. So know critically and crucially whether you've reached the objective or not reached the objective so that you can start working towards um, solutions. All right, I used to say this one all the time when I coached at the University of Texas, the athletes I coached there would say it all, would, would remind me of it. Bring all of your weapons when you go into battle. So that means come prepared from the perspective of do you have the gear that you need? Do you have the nutrition that you need? Do you have the mindset that you need? Do you have the focus that you need? Do you have the paces that you need? Do you have all the weapons, all the things that are going to go into making this an effective workout, all the things that you're going to need to know in order to have an effective race? Do you have all your weapons prepared? Are they at the ready? Can you call on them when you need to, to go into battle? If so, then you're meeting the minimum requirements of being a self-coached athlete. All right. So the next and last point about coming prepared is, and this is a crucial sort of like a little bit of a mind mindfuck, a little bit of a twist on the topic, which is do the work with an openness to whatever happens is okay. So I asked you to know whether it was a succeed or a fail, a win or a lose, a, a objective met or not met. I also think that if you keep open and accept that whatever happens is training, you are going to have a much better experience of self-coaching, and you're gonna have better and better workouts because that sort of fear aspect of, did I succeed or did I fail, will become muted. And it won't go away, and it should never really go away, but it will become less sort of negatively impactful. If you're able to work with openness, and say, hey, I know what I want to get done today. I'm going to go give my best effort, but I'm going to be open to whatever happens out there. Makes training good. I love to say everything is training. And because everything is training, you can come at it with an openness to whatever's happening. So be open in your body that whatever's happening in your body is okay. If it's hurting and suffering, okay, it's training. You're it's, it's, it's supposed to be. If it's hurting more than you think it should, stay open it's okay. You're going to get better at it. Or today, you're challenging yourself so that on some other day, you'll be able to meet the challenge. An openness of your mind. And I think that most of us go into this with such hard binary black and white scenarios. And that makes um, challenging workouts much more difficult to deal with and to understand and to feel good about. But if you come with an open mind about it, and know that you got that everything is training and everything is going to benefit you. You'll make a hu- it'll make a huge difference in your ability to get effective work done. And now you're co-creating with your coach again. You're co-creating a future because you're staying open that whatever is happening here is good and it's making you better. And finally, an openness of spirit, which basically says that this is not the end all. This is a game. It's a path with heart. It's an important thing. It means something to you, but it's not life or death. So coming to it with a sense of openness and openness to what will happen and what might play out, you have no idea the mystery that can come into it. You have no idea what might happen that might make your experience of that workout 10 times better, even if you ran times that were slower. But when we're not open, when we're closed off, then we don't, aren't open to the mystery and the magic of what might happen out there. Now, I'm not saying get out there and run with your head in the clouds and be like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever I feel like doing. It doesn't really matter. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we've got clear objectives. We've got all these things. I told you, know your workout, know your paces, know a win and a fail. Bring all your weapons. I've done all that stuff. But even after you've done all that stuff, take a deep breath. Be open to anything that happens and know everything is training. So therefore, it's good and you'll be all right. And if it's not, you and your coach can co-create a fix for it. All right, so take radical responsibility, come prepared. The next thing that you can do to really help yourself be a self-coached athlete, this one will make a lot more sense to people. They'll say, like, oh, this is what I thought you were going to be talking about. Get your all your data in one place. All right? It's really important that after in each and every workout, easy runs, long runs, quality workouts, especially quality workouts and long runs, but I think in every run, you should get all your data in one place. You should know your morning resting heart rate. I'll go into that in some other episodes about, uh, in another episode about how to best prepare for workouts and how to know long term what's happening to your body and how your body's training and what's going on with that training and to know why you might be able to predict, how you might be able to predict a poorer workout. Um, Resting heart rate is important. It's something that's very easy to do. Take a quick resting heart rate every morning or at least three mornings a week. You wake up in the morning, take your resting heart rate. It's, you know, 60 seconds, you can break it into two, three times 20 seconds, two times 30 seconds, four times 15 seconds, doesn't matter. Take a resting heart rate, 20 seconds, multiply by three, write it down on a piece of paper somewhere. Know your resting heart rate. Also in your data and having all your data in those key workouts in those big quality workouts and those big long run sessions, talk about the weather, talk about the conditions, talk about the route. What factors came into play in that workout and how did the workout progress? Know your workout specifics, have that data all written in one place, your warm up, your cool down, your reps, your recovery, what all, what all happened there, right? What happened in each rep? What happened with your recovery? What was going on in it? Get all that data in one place. Do you're hitting the paces Were you're not hitting the paces and then getting objectives versus results. So this is, did you reach the objective that you wanted to? Did the race, did the work, your workout was supposed to be, um, one times a mile at your, I'm sorry, six times a mile at your 10 K pace. And, um, your 10 K pace is seven minutes and 30 seconds per mile. And you were hitting these miles in 735. Okay. So your goal was 730, you hit 735. There's the objective versus the results. Make sure you have that written down. Make sure you know goal paces versus actual paces. So, are you, or is this workout set up to be doing goal paces, or are you early in a training cycle and you're not moved on to goal paces? So, it's crucial get all these details all sussed out. Your workout specifics. Get all that data in one place. Okay. I think almost everybody is doing this that I'm that I'm talking with, or at least if I asked you after a workout, you'd be able to. Recite to me and reflect on that information. Now, I suggest you write it down in one place. Whether you do that with um, the Garmin's and the and the and Strava and the other ways that you do it, or whether you write it down in a piece of paper, um, in a notebook, I have my personal preference. But I think that just knowing your data and having it all in one place is crucial. Why? Because of the next point. You need to reflect on it. Reflecting on the workout specifics on that data is what actively engages the self-coaching process so you're going to reflect on it physically what i see all these workouts physically did i meet my objective did i not meet the objective right what what was going on in that space number two mentally you're going to reflect on it mentally what was going on in my head did i just not want to do the work did i um, want to do the work but i couldn't what was going on mentally and take some notes you underneath the reflect underneath that initial data is on the side going through the mental pieces of that session next thing is feeling and this is something you'll be hearing me talk about over and over and over on this podcast how feelings and emotions play into the experience of effective race training for races But knowing your feelings and getting acquainted with them is the first step in this process. So you're going to write down your experiences and your feelings, your emotions, what happened up and down the scale there in each session, overall, what you're feeling before, what you're feeling after, write it down, reflect on it, get it written down, get it in a place that you'll be able to look at it later. All right. And then again, repeat it over and over after every session, every chance you get, keep Writing your data, getting it in one place, and then reflecting on it. All right, so why are those two things important? Because what I'm going to ask you to do as a self-coached athlete is to share the key points of your training with your coach every week, even if your coach doesn't read it. I've asked many of my athletes to write me a weekly reflection on their experience. Most of them don't follow through with it, um, but it's available to them. Um, and the reason why I like them to do it is because, number one, it allows them to go through this entire process, and it requires them to be effectively and en- effectively engaging in self-coaching. But also, it allows me as a coach to be able to go back later and say, well, we've got a problem here. What happened in the weeks before it? Could I have even if I didn't read their uh, reflections on all that stuff. Cause sometimes I don't, sometimes I'm busy. Sometimes I think my athletes in the flow. Um, but if they're suddenly not in the flow, then I have the ability as their coach to go back and look at it. And you as a self-coached athlete, now you have the ability to go back and check and see what happened. Because you are not going to be a reliable narrator. Remember, you're full of shit. You're getting to be a reliable narrator and you become a much more reliable, reliable narrator when you go back and see what actually happened and you have the ability to look at your feelings and your emotions of the experience of it and this allows you to get better and stronger and move down the road much more quickly all right so again even if your coach isn't um looking at that information having it and sending it out to them allows you to be able to find it later on and to know that you're engaging in this process with him with he or she and that you're co-creating. And if your coach doesn't want that role, um, then maybe you just need to be self-coached. Maybe you need to find another coach. Um, But every coach that I know worth their salt wants to see that information, even if they don't read it, because they know they'll be able to utilize it later. And they know that their coach is actively co-creating and getting into that space. So another thing that you need to do is set goals with your coach's input. You need to set the goal. A self-coached athlete does not allow a coach to import a goal for them. The goal must be set by you. And because the goal is set by you, you are now the coach. You are now an active co-producer of the result. Setting goals is crucial, but you want to set your goals with your coach's input. Because your coach has the ability to reflect on your current fitness. They have the experience and the knowledge to know what you're going to be going through and what is probably reasonable for you to achieve. Now, I like to tell my athletes, go crazy, be crazy, because maybe I can be crazy with you. But then as we get closer and closer and closer to the race, I start to dial back a little bit. I had an athlete who had a a really challenging workout this weekend. And the first thing I did was get on the phone with them um, before the day passed and said, are we still on board with our goal? Are we still thinking that... This session did not go the way a session should go if an athlete were going to run the goal time that they want to on run day. There was a lot of reasons why they this athlete couldn't do it, but we reflected on it. And because we know the goal and we co-created it and we're working in it together, it creates a much, much better experience. So because you've set the goal, I also think what's in, crucially incredibly important is that then you create your own race plans that you cover with your coach. So you set the goal, your coach reflects on it. You set the race plan based on your training and your experience and what you've gone through, and then you bring it to your coach for you guys to co-create a final plan. I cannot tell you how effectively this has made my athletes, how, how effective it's made them in their race results. Um, it also guarantees that my athlete has come to the starting line with the attitude of a warrior that they know what they have to achieve, they know it's going to be a challenge, and they're ready to step up to the game. They're ready to step up to the level that they need to. And if, if I create that race plan for them, then all they're doing is following my plan, and their level of investment is much, much lower. So what's crucial and critical here is to get that athlete engaged in the process and by engaging it, by going through and thinking about their training, thinking about what they're ready for, looking at the course itself, going through all the ups and downs, all the challenges, all the battles that will have to play out from the start line to the finish line. If they've already done all that homework, then as a coach, I'm able to come in and make the most crucial and critical points. But when my athlete is requiring me to write their entire race plan, I'm spending a lot of time on logistics and not a lot of time on the most magical aspects of the coach-athlete relationship, which is knowing that athlete individually, knowing their strengths and weaknesses, lifting them up to just the level they need to so they're able to push off and achieve the goal that they want to take off like a rocket ship to get the thing that they want. But if all I'm doing is sitting here trying to figure out what the fuel to, to weight ratio is or trying to do all these other things, I'm not engaged in the most important part, which is lifting the final piece up and out and getting it right to where we need to get it. So be thinking about that. Here's the thing also. Even if your coach makes your plan, let's just say that you're not a person who wants to do this, and this is too far outside or you've got a coach who's who's kind of more dogmatic and inflexible who just wants to tell you what to do that's okay but you need to agree upon it 100 and my suggestion is you write beside it that you and your coach sign something besides say hey, this is what we're doing this is what we're going for we can we're committed do not abdicate your role or your responsibility in your race that's why it's important to do your race plan because you're taking full radical responsibility of what you want all right, the race happens. Write a race report. Again, you're reflecting. Be brutally honest with yourself about your training. Be brutally honest with yourself about your plan and your execution and your mindset and your resilient. And be brutally, brutally honest with yourself about the result. I don't know how many athletes who have set their train their overall performance um progression back by being saying they were happy with the result that they really weren't happy about. So it's important to also know that you're being brutal about everything. So write a race report. It doesn't take that much time. Just write a reflection on what happened before, what happened during the race. Again, going through the physical, the mental, the feeling, the emotion. Do all that stuff, right? So do all that stuff and then share it with your coach. Share it with the world for sure or don't. That's up to you. But by writing it, you're writing that narrative. You're guaranteeing that you are more and more an active participant in the process and that you're a reliable narrator to the experience of your running and your racing. Okay. All that stuff allows you to then finally tie it up with a bow, determine what worked and what didn't work. So as you've been honest with yourself about your execution and your race plan and everything else, so what worked, what didn't work and why? And now you're back at the very beginning of this whole cycle, understanding where you're at, your going through, getting prepared for the next goal. You're getting all your data together for the next goal. You're reflecting on all the things that you did for the next goal, and on and on. Cool, so those are the first, that's the first part of self-coaching. That's, in my opinion, sort of the very bare bones minimum that each and every one of you should be doing in order to be an effectively self-coached athlete. You need to take radical personal responsibility you need to come prepared. You need to get your data all in one place. You need to reflect on that data. You need to share the key points with your coach every week. You need to create to you set your own goals with your coach's input. You need to create your own race plans and you can cover those with your coach. You should write a race report to to finalize and find out whether the the, the objective was met. And then you can determine what worked and what didn't work. All right? Cool. So I'm going to go through a couple more things. So um, I'm going to take a few minutes to talk about the next level, right? And I'm not going to go into detail on these things, but what I'm going to be doing is hopefully if you enjoyed this episode and it's got you thinking and you've got more questions and you want to move um, to uh, start thinking about some maybe higher level self-coaching concepts, um, I'm gonna give you um, a litany here, a few things also that that you can work on. And I promise I'm not just setting you up and then running away. Um, these are topics that I will be dealing with in depth in the coming months and years, as it will probably take me months and years to get to all of them. But um, before I go into them, I want to reiterate why I think it's so important for you to be thinking about being self-coached. Again, I think the best self-coached athletes are co-coaching with a coach um, for all the reasons I gave before. But I do think that if you don't self-coach, you are significantly minimizing your own impact in your racing. You're handing the keys to the car over to someone who does not underst- who does not have all of the data available and don't have the sensory experiences available and who may not even really give a shit about where that vehicle is going. So please... Um, Take this to heart. And I started here because I think it's something that I think that has been an unstated, um, step in the overall process, mostly because we have athletes looking at coaches for what to do. And what I'm saying is you, while you continue to do that, that you also take on your role as an as a coach and self coach yourself throughout this entire process. So some other things we'll talk about knowing your why and creating a statement of purpose, um, Again, this is an ongoing topic. One I probably won't get at right away, but I do think is fundamental and crucial to the entire process of knowing why you're running um, and creating a statement of purpose that basically um, intends effectively to the long-term goal and the long-term development of you as a runner. Um, And then, what I'm going to do, what we'll do, is we'll we'll test that statement of purpose in the arena. And we will look at, it was one thing to create a statement of purpose and, and get it all lined up. And it's hard. Believe me, it's really hard. I've been coaching this for a number of years now um, and it's really, really challenging. I've got my athletes that I coach started working on this process and then I stepped back a couple steps because I realized, wow, there's a lot of heavy here, it's a lot of work to do. And I found out that it didn't really in the short term impact their day to day experience of doing the running. But I've become more and more aware that not having a statement of purpose available to them means that they don't have a crucial and critical um, rallying cry that they can use to go into battle. And so that's important. Um, and then it's important to see how that rallying cry actually functions in battle. Is it effective? Does it, does it overcome um, all the reasons why we think that survival is better than pushing hard? So we'll also talk about finite and infinite games. So the difference between a game um, that is uh, uh, succeed or fail and a game that's an ongoing dance. Um, We'll talk about determining your strengths and weaknesses and how, as an individual, you need to know your strengths and weaknesses because your coach can um, have an idea about what they are, but only you have the ability to wrestle with them and to really start working on creating weaknesses and bringing them up so that they're not um, a detriment to you. Um, we'll, we'll talk about locating your own blind spots and getting better at finding those blind spots. And then what you can do with those blind spots in terms of, um, getting them cleared up and getting a more 360 degree uh, view of yourself as an athlete and what you're doing. We'll talk about dealing with fears, both fears of success, fears of failure, and how those fears play out on race day to create much less than optimal race experiences. Um, And there's a number of really effective steps that we can take, um, both understood from psychology and cognitive science and other areas about ways that we can effectively deal with um, success and failure fears. Um, They're crucial. Um, We'll talk about actively engaging in mental training about how we take mental training concepts, which will be an ongoing topic throughout these, this program, um, throughout this podcast and all its episodes, but also how that plays out in the arena of training in the arena of racing and how important these mental training techniques become in minimizing negative impact on race results and training results and how we can, um, stop negative feedback loops turn them into positive feedback loops, and all the other things that we can do with mental training that can make us um, significantly more effective as warriors and as competitive athletes. Um, Another topic is everything is training. You heard me talk about that a little bit. Um, It's sort of a view of the stoicism. I think Mark Twain said something like training is everything. He was talking about how we operate from the spaces in which we um, have worked on and that who we are is is played out by what training we've done. And I like to flip that a little bit because I see that everything that we do is training. So the way that you use the restroom, the way that you deal with your daughter's frustrations, the way that you handle um, significant stress at work, everything is training for your running and everything can be learned from. And once you open up to the wider scale of have an openness of view that everything is training for your life, it's... um. You turn into a master of your process, Um, and we'll talk about that. Another thing we'll talk about is to start calibrating your effort with your paces. In order to be a self-coached, an effectively self-coached athlete, you need to not, you need to know that the information that you're reading on your watch um, is played out effectively in what you're feeling from an effort perspective and if it's not what to do with it and that means that getting to understand what effort is and how effort works what flow is and how flow works are all critical crucial to being effective um, and to be an effective self-coached runner we'll talk about knowing what's happening when you're training so what is happening to your body and your mind and your soul from a physiological perspective? Well, we probably won't get into soul from a physiological perspective, since there's significant arguments about whether a soul even exists. Um, at least, there's certainly not any scientific proof of such yet. But um, we'll talk about physiology. We'll talk about the cognitive sciences, which means um, neuro, you know, neuropsychology, um, neuroscience, uh, linguistics how we talk to ourselves, the words that we use, what words are effective and not effective. Obviously, psychology. Um, there's so many different areas that we can talk about in terms of knowing what's happening while we're training to our body. Um, another big topic will be feelings and emotions. I have done a lot of research in this area and spent a lot of time thinking a lot thinking about how much our feelings and emotions play out on race day and how little we understand them and how little we have the ability to affect them and and help us optimize to having the best kind of experiences that we have so we'll talk about what's going on with that physiologically psychologically and how that plays into your training Um, we'll get a basic understanding of training theory periodization energy systems and how and why coaches put them together so that you can be effective and um, understand what your coach is putting together and why and that you can consider doing it yourself and seeing what kinds of things are happening in the body and the mind to um, effectively get race results. And so we'll go through that. And and not in a real deep way. I'm not a scientist. As I said in our intro episode, I'm not a scientist, so I don't really know um, and I don't want to get into exactly what's happening with your mitochondria. But it is important to know what mitochondria are and what the job is so that you know that a workout that you're doing is affecting that mitochondria in a certain way that will allow you to get the result that you want. And it's my view that coaches have been remiss, in, in myself included, in effectively articulating what's happening physiologically so that our athletes can be more effective. Because if you know what's happening, you might even be able to visualize and utilize that as an incredibly powerful tool to affecting um, your training. So we'll talk about that. We'll... Um, Talk about knowing what's going on when you're racing. Like what's happening with nerves? What's happening with the racing style? Are you racing others? Are you racing yourself? And knowing the best approach to each and every race distance. So everything from a 5K to a marathon and then ultra marathons and then if we get enough interest I'll even go down to the 800 and up to, to longer longer distance races so knowing the best approach to each race is getting an understanding of what's happening when you're racing um, Know your body what your body needs um, and how to tra- when you train and how to take care of your body when it trains so this is going to be going much deeper into topics like nutrition, strength training, soft tissue work massage self massage balance and PT work um, you can't just show up and run. You've got so many other pieces of the puzzle that are crucial and critical. So as you see, I've got a pretty um, a pretty grand scheme <laughs> uh, planned out for this podcast. Um, I certainly have no loss of content. Um, hopefully, you'll come on this journey with me and you'll um, subscribe to this. Uh, if you like this episode or you want to wait for a couple more episodes to give me a review, please review it. This is how podcasters find out if they're effective this is how I guarantee that I continue to bring this to you each and every week again I'm doing this free I'm hoping that you'll maybe one or two people will sign up for me as their coach because that's a way that I can um, continue to be able to put food on my table and provide for myself and the people in my world Um, but um, that's not the main reason why I'm doing this. The main reason I'm doing this is because I feel like this information needs to be shared with the world. And I think that there has been a um, a gross negligence in the coaching community about not providing effective tools so that each and every athlete can self-coach. But if you want to self-coach with me as your coach, you can do that. You can just go to telosrunning.com I've got programs there. Uh, We started our season three just this week. It's still time to jump in. I do programming for winter marathons. Um, I've got a speed development program for getting ready for 5Ks. 10Ks, half marathons. I've got a maintenance program for those of you who are maybe taking some time away from running um, in a really competitive way, but you're still doing um, maybe one quality workout a week and looking at your long runs and how to be effective with those. I've got a maintenance program. I've got a brand new base building program for Boston and other spring marathons. So if you know that you're not ready quite yet to double down and get really engaged in preparing for Boston, but but you know you need to start doing some work, I've got a base building schedule and a full description of that and how that all plays out. So lots of programming, lots of things if you want to be uh, a co-coach with me, then come and join me. You can reach me at sisson, S-I-S-S-O-N, at tellusrunning.com. So thankful that you've joined me for this first full episode. Um, I wish you the best on your journey, and Godspeed.